Welcome to the New Beginnings Community Church Podcast. Here at NBCC, we welcome the imperfect, flawed, and broken, as much as the healing and thriving, because we are all God's children. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. All right, so today, uh, in case it's your first time, my, my name is Jim, Jim Del Campo, and uh, I get to be the senior pastor of the church here. I've been that for like 30 years, and uh, it's been a great, great run. 30 years, gosh, I'm 42 now, and it's just an amazing run that I've had here. Now, today, um, since we don't have any screens or anything, you're going to have to follow me the old-fashioned way. Hopefully you have your Bible. I know many of you use your phone now, but I'm going to talk to you today on how to handle opposition to the mission. And it's Acts chapter 4, as we're going through Acts in our arrival series. This is the first of four parts of it over the next year. Jesus faced opposition, did he not? And since he faced opposition, you and I should expect opposition when we share the gospel at times. Any amen to that one? Jesus one day said, look, if they hated me, they're going to hate you because they hated me first you see the message that we bring this gospel that Jesus the God man went to a cross carried our sins died was buried shed his blood and rose from the dead to give us new life that is the gospel and that gospel is going to be met with opposition and at times it's going to feel like they just hate us so what do we do with that opposition well in Acts 4 we're going to look at the disciples specifically Peter and John. And um, they've now been filled with the baptism in power, as many of you have, and that will be an ongoing thing with us at New Beginnings. That's not a one-time shot here. I want to get you all baptized in power. I want to see that happen in your life because I want to see a church on fire. Amen? I want to see individuals on fire. Get the fire back in your life. But in Acts 2, we've seen the power come down. And now they're going to go into the world. They're going to preach this whole gospel. They're going to be a witness. And now we find that they are going to experience opposition to the mission. And that is something that is going to happen to all our lives. So Acts chapter 4, 1 through 7, I'm going to build up the foundation of where we're going. I'm going to do a little bit of commentary. So Acts 4, like I said, nothing's on the screen. Technology's down. So here we go. Acts 4, 1 through 7. Are you ready? Say amen. Verse 1, as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them. Now, this is Peter and John, they're speaking. How being greatly disturbed. Now, they're not happy with Peter and John. And here's why. Because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Now, this is all a result of of chapter 3 where Peter says to the layman silver and gold I have none but that which I do have in the name of Jesus rise and walk the man gets up Peter turns around they ask well how this happened he begins to preach the message of Jesus Christ it's the name of Jesus and the power of the resurrection that's how this man stands today that disturbs the Sadducees now why would the Sadducees be greatly disturbed about the resurrection of Jesus Christ Let me tell you, they are one of the two main uh, religious and political uh, parties in Israel, Pharisees being the other. But the Sadducees, 
They do not believe in resurrection. They do not believe in heaven. They do not believe in demons. They do not believe in angels. They don't believe anything beyond this physical world at all. And so this is really bugging them that he would have the gall to speak like this. The Sadducees, strong in the temple in Jerusalem, religiously and politically, they are wealthy. The Pharisees, they're stronger in the synagogues out in the countryside of Israel. Peter has upset the Sadducees. Now, verse 3. And they laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. So they don't like what Peter's saying. They grab him. They throw him and John in jail. And here's a statement. And you and I thought being a Christian in suburbia was rough, right? They get thrown in jail for what they believe. Now, verse 4. But many of those who had heard the message believed. And the number of the men came to be about how many? 5,000. Okay, I got some questions for you. On the day of Pentecost, how many people came to Jesus Christ? You remember? Louder? 3,000. Now we're at how many? 5,000. That means two more thousand have come to Christ from the moment of Pentecost to right now as they're now advancing the gospel. Now, here's a side note if you ever want to say something to defend the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What's the one thing with the Sadducees or the Pharisees or the Romans, what's the one thing they could do or would have done to stop Christianity from spreading? What's the one thing that's just obvious and practical? If they just did this, they could have stopped Christianity. What is it? Go get the, bo- go get the body. If Jesus didn't rise, it's still in the tomb. It's a small town. Jerusalem, not big. Go get the body, parade it around. But they don't get the body because Why? The tomb is what? It's empty. That's an evidence right there. They would have got that body. They'd gladly parade that thing around. But they couldn't do it because Jesus rose from the dead. Amen? Doesn't that pump you up? Pumps me up, man. I don't know. Okay. Verse 5. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem. So now they're having the big powwow. Verse 6. And Annas, the high priest, was there and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who are of high priestly descent. They got the big guns now. Annas is like the crime boss. He's like uh, Vito Corleone on the Temple Mount, okay? He runs it. That's why Jesus overturned the tables and money changers. This guy's getting kickbacks. He's got backdoor deals. He's got everything going on. Just making money off people. He's so corrupt. And he's got five kids who are high priests. And Caiaphas who a name there was the high priest during Jesus' time is the one condemned him, everything like that. So you got all this corrupt leadership there. These are corrupt political and religious leaders on the scene. Verse 7. When they had placed them in the center, they take Peter and John, put them in the middle. They began to inquire. Here's the question they ask. Because it goes back to the lame man. How'd you heal the lame man? In chapter 3. Here's the question. By what power... Or in what name have you done this? I want to hear it from you, Peter and John. What power, what name have you done this that, you, that this guy is walking now? So here we go. Three things, some bullet points in there. Here we go if you're taking notes. And I hope you take notes. It helps you later on. Number one, the Holy Spirit will give us what to say. 
When it comes to opposition, sharing our faith, the Holy Spirit will tell us, give us the words, what to say. Now, let me read verses 8 through 13, and it says this. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, there it is again, right? He's filled with power. Said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well. If that's your question, well, I'm going to tell you. Never ask a preacher a question because he's going to go off. Any amens on that? He's going to tell you. Verse 9 or verse 10. Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ. Do they want to hear that? Say no. Name, the Nazarene. Watch this. Whom you crucified. Is Peter laying it down now? You killed him. Whom God raised from the dead. By this name, this man stands here before you in good health. Did you catch the gospel in that little statement there? Jesus Christ. Here he was, the God-man. You killed him. Crucifixion, burial. And he was raised from the dead. Raised. That's the gospel, is it not? There it is right there, laying it out. Now, verse 11. Watch what Peter says now, because he's rolling now. You asked the preacher the wrong question. He is the stone which the builders, uh, which was rejected <coughs> by you, the builders, but became the chief cornerstone. Peter now quotes scripture at him, and he quotes it correctly in right context for the situation. That's amazing, guys, because verse 12, he moves on and he says this. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. There is no other name. There is no other way. He is the way, the truth, and the light, Jesus says. Amen to that one? Verse 13. Now as they observed, now watch this. They're watching Peter. They're listening to Peter. These Sadducees. Now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated, and untrained men they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus is that incredible Peter's an uneducated fisherman but they're looking at him going how'd this guy get so smart we're the ones who are educated in these things how'd this guy get so smart now we know Peter's filled with the power of the spirit now any amens on that one right there is this the same Peter who months earlier was asked by a little servant girl around a charcoal fire when she said, were you with Jesus? <laughs> and he said, I don't know the man at all. Is that the same Peter? Yes and no. He looks the same. He is the same. That is his name. But he ain't the same, is he? Because now he's empowered by the Spirit of God. Now he has seen the resurrected Jesus Christ, baptized in power, and now he's not afraid anymore. And now he stands up, and he stands for the gospel. He's bold as a lion. He's been transformed, my friends. Now, let's get into the point, and that Holy Spirit will give us what to say. Now, two bullets. Here we go. Number one, though they disagreed, they are impressed with Peter. Though they disagree with Peter, they're just really impressed with the guy. Verse 13, that's where they said, well, we know the guy's not educated, but the guy's confident. 
The guy's pretty smart now. He's quoting scripture. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And they recognize that Peter has been hanging around, hanging around, louder, hanging around. That's right, hanging around Jesus. That's right. Now, okay, during COVID, we turned into a church that went from hugs to fist bumps. Remember that? People go like that now. Get that out of my face. No, I don't do that. <laughs> but we were a church that hugs. Now, when you, I like hugging. When you hug, now guys, when you hug a lady in church, you lean in, okay? You don't hug like that, okay? <laughs> Get that out. You're going, I like this church. No, don't. Uh. You lean in, all right? That's the proper way to hug, all right? Um, unless you want somebody to punch you in the back of the head or something like that. Now, now ladies... I love you all. But there have been times in my life here that when I've hugged ladies here in the church and I pulled away, um, you left part of your face on my shirt. <laughs> I look at you and I feel like, I, is this two-faced from Batman? Something's missing. I'm joking. I'm joking, okay? That's a joke, okay? That's a joke, okay? Um, but it was pretty funny, <laughs> But you, le you leave a part of you on me because you got a little bit of makeup on, maybe. And so it's on my shirt now. I, I, we, we hugged, and you rubbed your face on my shirt, and you left part of yourself there. <laughs> Peter's been walking with Jesus for three years, and they recognize that Jesus has rubbed off on Peter. Amen? The more you read your Bible, the more you go to a Bible study, small group, the more you worship, the more you serve, the more you tithe, Jesus rubs off on you. Does he not? Does he not? That's why you'll never be the dynamic Christian by yourself. It's the body of Christ. He rubs off on you. Now, they disagree with Peter. They don't agree with his assessment that's the name of Jesus, but they are impressed there's something about this guy and what it is, Jesus has rubbed off on him. Now, second bullet point in point one, that's this. Don't worry about what you are to say. Don't, don't we panic when we have to share our faith or somebody? Do you ever panic? Somebody rings a doorbell, you look to the little people and they got a little placard. <laughs> really? What do I say? Okay, watch, 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 watch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to relieve you of all fear right now. Luke 12, 11 and 12, I'll read it to you. It says, watch what Jesus said to them, to the disciples. When they bring you, this is to us, when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not worry about how or what you are to speak in your defense. Or what you are to say. Verse 12 of Luke 12. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? The Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. He's been rubbing off on you. You've been reading those scriptures. Now, this scripture that I just read does not 
eliminate the need to be in your Bible regularly for the rest of your life. It does not eliminate that. Watch this, what he said about the Holy Spirit who dwells in the Christian, John 14, 26. Watch, 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 watch. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, that's one of the Holy Spirit's titles, helper, that's one of his character qualities, whom the Father will send in my name, is Jesus speaking, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I, Jesus, all that I said to you. Whoa! What does that mean? It means, the key thing is, if Jesus has said it, and by the way, Peter quoted the verse, right? He heard Jesus say that verse before. We know in the scriptures where Jesus said it. But here's what he's saying. Look, everything I said to you, everything you've read in the Bible, every message you've heard, scripture, every, everything, I'll bring it to your remembrance. Why? It's downloaded inside your spirit now. Listen, here's what he's saying. <clears throat> Whatever is installed can be recalled. Whatever is installed can be recalled. The opposite is true. What isn't installed will never be recalled. If you want to be able to share faith, defend the faith, whatever is installed can be recalled. It's now in your Holy Spirit memory bank. It's downloaded. And when the situation arises, the Holy Spirit will bring it back to remembrance. Amen? Amen. Let me give you another one on that. Not in your notes. But um, in 1 Corinthians 12, we find one of the supernatural gifts that can be given to us in the moment, and that is the word of wisdom. It's a supernatural gift where in a situation, you don't know what to say, you don't know who it is, and the Holy Spirit will give you a supernatural word of wisdom for the situation. Has anyone ever had that before? Who you walk away and going, that came out of me? That was a supernatural Holy Spirit moment that he gives to believers at times and he puts it through your life. So you need not be afraid. You got both guns loaded when you're talking, guys. You got the supernatural spirit in the moment. You got what's been installed. So never, ever, you don't have to worry. You don't have to be afraid because the Spirit of God is going to be speaking through you. Amen to that one? Now, second thing, watch this because Peter lays down something very, very important. Number two, all the religion in the world cannot save us. You can be as religious as you want to be. It will never save you. All you have to do is read John chapter 3, Nicodemus, Mr. Religion. And you know what Jesus said? Unless you're born again, you're going to hell, guy. Because religion ain't saving anybody. Now, Acts 4.12. Here's what Peter says again. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Whoa. Here's what he said. You ask me by what name this man was raised? I will not only give you the name by which he was raised, I will give you the name by which men must be saved. And it's the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, this verse does not jive with the world right now hadn't jived with the world for decades. That's okay. We're not of the world. We're strangers and aliens on this planet till our Savior comes back and renews all things. But you hear things like all roads lead to God, correct? Doesn't matter what you believe, just be sincere. Hear stuff like that. 
It almost sounds really cool and good, huh? It isn't. Because when it comes to opposing views that oppose each other, they both cannot be true. They just can't. It's called in philosophical circles the law of non-contradiction. They, if they oppose each other, they cannot be true. One of them is false. It has to be false. They oppose. Let me give you for instance. Hinduism, Buddhism, karma. They say, in your life, the evil you've done, the sins you've been com- committed, you will now have to endure all of that or somehow work it off and pay it all off until karma says we're all done with that. That's what they say. Jesus comes along and says, you can't pay it off. I already paid it off on the cross. Amen? That's a good thing, isn't it? They both can't be true. They cannot both be true. One is true and not the other. Say, well, Jim, why would you say Jesus' way is true? First off, I would ask you, how many good works do you need to do until you finally paid off all the old stuff? You couldn't answer that question. But the other thing I'd say is, like I said during the prayer time, I believe in Jesus. Somebody who rises from the dead, historical evidence of that, I just tend to believe anybody that rises from the dead. Amen? Amen? So I'm going to believe him. Okay, so that's a free one. Let's get to point three. Here we go. I have a choice to share or be silenced. I have a choice now. I will share or I will be silenced. Look at verse 17 to 20 but so that it will not spread any further. This is them talking now. They're going to tell Peter and John to shut up. Let us warn them to speak no longer to any man in this name. We're going to tell those guys, you didn't say nothing about Jesus. And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Don't even mention that guy's name. But Peter and John answered and said to them, hmm, whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and what we've heard. Whoa. They tell Peter, like they tell us today, you keep that Jesus stuff to yourself. Correct? Correct? But you could talk about anything else, huh? You could talk about every other religion, everyone, that's fine. But you keep Jesus to yourself. Why? Why is that? Why is this Jesus? Why is he so dangerous? You just keep him to yourself. But you know, all the other religious stuff, you could do all, you talk about it. Let me tell you why. Because there's a real spiritual world, it's not just a physical world. Jesus is real. He's alive. There are real angels. There are real demons. This is a real deal. And so when this conversation begins, the God of this world, Satan, all the demons, they get a little bit uptight, don't they? And they don't want that name of Jesus being talked about. Because that name of Jesus, he's alive and he has power. And he has power. Now somebody here might be thinking, this is so ridiculous what you just said do you want to risk it do you want to risk all eternity is that what you want to do like I said before this whole universe science has proven there was nothing and then there was something 
Something created this out of nothing. A timeless, spaceless, immaterial, personal, because he made the decision, all-powerful intellect. What we call God. He created it all. You willing to risk it? You willing to risk that and say, ah, I don't believe this stuff. I'm not willing to risk that. I'm going to go with what Jesus says. Now, let me get back to this. They tell Peter and John, you guys, be quiet. Don't share. Don't witness. Ah, don't witness. Let's think back now to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. What did Jesus tell Peter and all the gang in Acts 1, 8? But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Right? So when he tells them, you're not going to witness anymore, Peter's going, are you nuts? I've already got my marching orders from Jesus. We're going to carry this gospel to the whole world. So he tells these guys who are the power players in the city, we can't stop speaking about what we've seen and heard. And then he asks them the question, okay, I got a question for you guys. Is it right? Is it right in the sight of God for us to listen to you or to God? Which is it? What can they say? They got to listen to God. And by the way, he said, is it right? He didn't say, is it safe? He didn't say, is it popular? He said, is it right? Guys, we have the right message. Amen? We have the gospel. It is right. Doesn't matter if it's popular or unpopular or not safe. We have the right message. Therefore, we cannot be silenced. Now, let me drive this baby home. They've been warned. They've been told, you stop. There's opposition now. Now look at chapter 4 and verse 29, 30, and 31. They've been warmed. They've been released. They get out with everybody. Here's what they say. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence. That means boldness. While you extend your hand to heal, and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. There it is again, the power of the Spirit again. And began to speak the word with, with boldness or confidence. Yeah. Okay, thank you. What do we pray for? I think most of us pray for protection, do we not? What do the first followers pray for? What did they pray for? We read it. Boldness. I got a better question. What got them in trouble in the first place? Boldness. The very thing that got them in trouble is the very thing that they prayed for more of. Give me boldness. I don't want to back off, Jesus. I want to continue on. Give, give me boldness. We should pray for this every day. But notice it said they were all filled with the Spirit in those verses. Now, they. Who is they? Question, is Peter and John part of they? Say yes. And so now we find that they're filled with the Spirit. Again? Huh. Well, that's interesting. Because we know in Acts chapter 2, they were filled with the power of the Spirit, right? 
And now in Acts 4, after they've had this opposition thing, they pray, you know, boldness, and they're filled again. What's going on here? Look, being filled with the Spirit and power is just like, just like your Bible. It's not, you don't read your Bible once and go, oh, that's enough. It's just like worshiping. You don't say, well, I worshiped three years ago that one Sunday. That's enough. Well, these are ongoing things. See? Let me illustrate. So, before we ever got to this location, we spent 13 years setting up and tearing down in schools before we bought this land and built the building. Now, 11 years, we were at Auburndale Intermediate in that beautiful cafeteria. Two years, we were at Centennial in that performing arts center. I know they've probably done renovations now. It's probably different now. But I remember Centennial <laughs> because it was a, it's a high school. And I remember high school, and they would have dances on Friday nights. <laughs> kind of party-like atmosphere, I guess. And they would have, the, you know, those big balloon, helium balloon, happy birthday things you buy for people? You know those? Well, some people would bring those to the Friday night dance, I guess. And they'd accidentally let them go. So they'd be up in the ceiling. And so I'd come up to preach on Sunday, and those things would be up there. It's been two days. And while I'm preaching, all of a sudden, you see one start to go. And the person that it's going to hit, they don't know, but everybody behind them knows. And I'm secretly... I'm taking my own personal odds on whose head it's going to hit. <laughs> but it was just something that we had to endure. It was just what it was. Here's the question, though. Why would those balloon, helium-filled balloons, why would they begin to drop? Why? They're running out of helium. If you want them to stay up there, you've got to refill them with helium. That's no different than the power of the Spirit of God. We find it right here. Every day, every day, ask Jesus to fill you with the power of the Spirit of God again. Baptize me in power again. And give me boldness. And give me opportunity to share my faith. Because I trust that you're going to give me the words to speak because it's been downloaded. What's been installed can be recalled. And I want to be a person that fulfills that word to be a witness. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the world. I want to be that person. Now, with that said, let me spin back a bit. Peter, <laughs> he told us in verse 12, there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There's no other name, guys. It's just Jesus. He's the only true way. The only true way. And I want to give you an opportunity, those who have never put your faith in Jesus. The same way I received that opportunity 43 years ago. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've never had your sins forgiven by the blood of Jesus, the God-man, today's the day. Or maybe you backslid. You've walked away. You don't have the fire anymore. You're just kind of living out there, and it's like, 
got to get the fire back. Got to come back and live for Christ again. This is what we're called to do. You know, one of my goals, and hopefully it's decades away, is that when I'm near the end of my life and I'm on that deathbed and I have my last words, I want my grandkids in there. And I want to look at every one of them and say, promise me you're going to live all out for Jesus Christ. But I want to be able to say that because I have better lived all out for Jesus Christ. My life better have spoken to that. And I'm going to tell them, you better promise me right now. I'm not going to die until you promise me, okay? <laughs> We've got to get the fire back. So if you'd like to put your faith in Christ for the first time and walk with him for the rest of your life, or rededicate your life, here we go. Please bow your, bow your heads, close your eyes. No moving around, please. Please, a holy moment. If you'd like to put your faith in Christ or rededicate your life, I want you to open up your eyes <coughs> right now and look up at me. And once our eyes meet, you can close them. But just do it right now as I look around the room. Do it now. God bless you. God bless. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless. God bless. God bless you. 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 God bless. God bless you. God bless. God bless you. Now, I want you to repeat this prayer. Those who looked up at me, I want you to say this prayer after me, and everyone's going to say it with you. At home, if you looked up at me, say this prayer. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. He is the God-man who came to visit his creation to save it from their sins. I appreciate that. So let's repeat right now. Those who looked up at me and everyone else, let's just jump in with them. Here we go. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me on the cross, suffering for me, the death of crucifixion, carrying my sins, shedding your blood to forgive me, Forgive me of my sins, Lord. I know I'm forgiven. And I appreciate it. Come dwell in me, Holy Spirit. Today I choose to follow you with my whole heart and my whole life. Now let me pray, everyone. God, I pray for those who looked up. Friend, it cannot be a game. It cannot be non-followed up on. You've got to follow up now. You're in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You've got to follow up. He's your God and your Savior. Don't turn your back on Him. I pray that you begin to read the Bible. 
If you don't have one, in our lobby, we have a welcome center. We have Bibles there for free. Go ask for one. Just stay in the New Testament and read about your Savior for about two years. You're a New Testament believer. Walk away from sin because the Spirit lives in you now. Get into church. If you came from out of town, far away, you're here with someone, find a church where you're from that teaches the Bible and worships God and preaches salvation only in Jesus. And I pray for you. I pray that you will be a great witness for God's kingdom on earth. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you do for us. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all said amen, amen and amen. I want one more thing. I want to bring back something I used to do about eight years ago. I want to bring it back today. I'm just going to do it till the day you don't want me anymore, okay? So repeat after me. Lord, keep me outward focused. Start again. Not good enough. Lord, keep me outward focused and fill me with your spirit. Give me the boldness to share the gospel with others. Open up opportunities to minister outside the church because I see what I'm looking for and make me into a generous person like you. Hey, God bless you guys. We'll see a Bible study or the conference or your small group or somewhere. God bless you. If you need prayer or dedicated your life to Christ, please reach out to us on our social media, on Facebook and Instagram at NBCC Norco, or email us at hello at NBCC.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe to this podcast.